Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode 19 of the KV Pod. I'm your host, Daniel. In this episode, we are featuring a conversation that I had with my lovely wife, Shalene, and how we handle communication in our marriage. Now, the topic of communication is one that we have discussed extensively in our relationship, going all the way back to when we were just dating. And actually, it's an aspect of our relationship that several people have told us that we do very well. So what we wanted to do is get on the show and have a conversation about what exactly constitutes healthy, effective communication in a relationship. Now, Shalene and I are married, but I think the principles and techniques that we discuss here can apply to any relationship, romantic or otherwise. In this discussion, we draw from our own experiences, as well as some of the wisdom that we've gleaned from friends and family over the years. If that weren't enough, Shalene actually has a bachelor's degree in communication, and so she had extensive notes that she was able to pull from from this episode. And actually, the conversation ended up going much longer than we expected, and I think we're going to have a part two to this conversation. There was just so much to discuss. I know that Shalene and I found it very helpful just to have this conversation, and so I hope you find it useful as well. Also, if you have thoughts about this episode as you're listening and you'd like to share with us, please reach out. You can find our email and social media in the show notes. We'd love to hear from you. Do you have any experiences about communication in a relationship or advice or something we left out that you'd like to share? Please contact us. We'd really like to have a discussion with you about it. Lastly, if you find this episode helpful and maybe you know someone that would benefit from listening, go ahead and share it with them and make sure you're subscribed to the show as well. We greatly appreciate your support. Okay, I think that's enough for me. Let's get into the episode. Shalene. Hello. I don't have a quirky opener for this one. That's okay. It's uh, it releasing episodes every two weeks makes it feel like every time we podcast, it's like, oh, it's been so long. Seriously, since we've been on it, but has it only been two weeks? Um, yeah, it's been two weeks, and so we're wow. just releasing less often than normal. But Oy. but here we are. Yeah. And uh, it's just us two this time. And we are taking advantage of the opportunity to record and get in some good conversations before the baby comes. The little baby Floyd is almost here. Yes. How many weeks along are you? I am almost 38, just shy two days. Yeah, two days until 38 weeks. And so, yeah, baby Floyd's doing great. Yep. He's large. So we're hoping that he comes Comes sooner rather than later. For your sake. Yes. Yep. Yeah. And so you're officially off work. Yes. As of today, actually, officially released. Although I tested positive for COVID last Wednesday. So I unofficially was off work for the rest of last week in, in quarantine until today. And so then speaking with my boss about coming back to work today, I was like, you know, so far, I've been trying really hard to like push through and do the responsible thing and keep doing my very best. And being home with COVID has made me realize, wow, I'm done. <laughs> I'm just so done. I've just noticed a pattern of fatigue and tiredness I'm over the last so done. last month or so. Yeah. 
So uh, I, I feel like I've given it a good shot, but being able to say like, no, I really am just done. And the time that I have left, I would like to be able to rest and like prepare our house more and spend time with people and just enjoy a little bit of summer before everything changes. Sure. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, And I think I think I've gotten to kind of to that point myself personally of just being like, okay, I'm going to let go of all the summer projects that I wanted to do mm -hmm. and a lot of the things. And like I am now mentally ready to like be present for the baby. I feel like that kind of. Yeah. Thanks. You're welcome. No, (laughs) No, I feel like that kind of shifted. um, I don't know over the last week. I think honestly, so funny that we're talking about this on the podcast. I kind of feel like it related to not being able to record some episodes that I had planned with other people last week of being really? like, uh, it's not working out. And like, if they're not available and I'm not available, like it's just not going to happen. And I wanted to get this done. And then me just being like, you know what? You're busy. You're about to have your first kid. Like maybe it's not going according to plan with the podcast and everything, but like there are bigger things in life right now that are like, okay. And I feel like that kind of pushed me to be like, you know what? It's okay if I quote unquote drop some things uh, that are things I wanted to do this summer. Yeah. And it's not like I really even dropped them, which is what kind of also helped me come to peace with it of just being like, no, like it can wait. And if it's late, according to what I was thinking, like that's okay because now I'm ready for the kit. So I guess it's any day now. So we will see what happens. Yeah. Well, you definitely haven't dropped taking care of us. Because, man, you've been doing a great job with that. And I just so appreciate it. And I've noticed that shift. Like, you've done a wonderful job throughout this whole thing. But I have noticed, yeah, I I would say beyond just this last week, though. Like, kind of almost since school got out. Like, there's been just a change of, I noticed, like, more brain space for baby stuff. But then, even in this last week. Yeah, yeah. I mean... And that's kind of what I was planning originally of like, okay, get through the school year. Then once summer hits, I'm only working part time. And so then I'm able to uh, like focus on baby stuff, getting the house ready and all that stuff and whatnot. And so that's just, yeah, I'm glad it's working out. Yeah. Uh, Can we please get the air to turn back on before we really get into this? Oh, I just turned it off because I didn't want the background noise. I'm sorry. I'm going to (laughs) die. Okay. Well, for all of you listening, if the air conditioning in the background is too much, uh, you'll just have to defer to the pregnant lady. Yeah. Sorry, people. we, yeah, we're upstairs. It's hot up here. Yeah, we recorded in the upstairs. And I don't handle it very well right now. It's okay. There it is. So. Oh, thank you. It just turned back on. So if you can hear it, sorry. If you can't hear it, then wait, that's great cool <laughs> thank you love but yeah we're we're excited for the kid and uh I think it's gonna be good yeah yeah i think it's gonna be exciting to see where it takes our marriage i mean we are both excited to be parents i've yeah i mean i've been looking forward to being a dad in some capacity kind of kind of since i was in high school maybe not like craving it or yearning for it in, in high school but just like having positive thoughts of like, yeah, that'd be cool. Like one day. And then like that, I think that's only grown over mm-hmm. time and then being obviously getting married. Um, yeah, I'm excited. Yeah. So, and I, I get the general 
same vibe from you. I obviously, <laughs> obviously you, you have to give birth and I don't. Um, well, I but think, yeah, I think we're, we're excited and I think we're ready. I think, I think we're ready for this new chapter. Yeah. It's always been a dream of mine to be a mom, but the practical, uh, requirements of that yeah, have like hit a little harder. And so you've helped encourage me just like seeing your excitement for being a dad has really encouraged me to like look beyond the current and near future practical yeah. aspects. What are, I mean, what are some of the things that have been most concerning for you that you've uh-huh. had to work through? Um, that's a good question. I think just like the whole idea of giving birth is a little terrifying, but also I have to remind myself that God designed women's bodies to do this and he designed life to happen this way. And so awesome. Uh, and he'll be with me regardless. So awesome. And also women have been doing this for forever and it's just part of it. So you just can't go under it. Can't go around it. Exactly. Gotta go through it. Yeah. Um, I think you're going to do great. Thanks. I, I appreciate that. Um, so I think that that's one thing, honestly though, even larger than that is just the, Uh, I don't even know what to call it, but the shift of knowing that things are going to change in a way that there's no going back. Like Mm -hmm. there's already no going back. Yeah. And that was something that the Lord really spoke to me about because I was really freaked out of like, I don't think I was ready for this. Like I really have been enjoying the season that we've been in just with being married as newlyweds and together and just doing life and, and so like, yes, I want to be a mom, but I don't know about yet. I don't know. And, um, but just giving that to the Lord and him just speaking to me. Well, cause yeah, one day I was like, Lord, like, I don't know, this is huge. Like, yes, there was a big life change when Daniel and I got married and like, okay, yes, like life has always changed. But, but like, I don't know, you had spoken to me the whole time Daniel and I were dating. And like, I very much knew this was you and I knew Daniel. So I kind of knew what I was getting myself into. I don't know this human. Like, I don't know who this kid is and he's just going to show up. (laughs) And, and then God was like, Shalene, do you realize how ridiculous you sound right now? Like I literally created this human and placed him in your womb. Like what could be more certain than that? Like you, you heard my voice when it came to marrying Daniel, but I literally like crafted this child in your womb. Like it'll be fine. And I was like, Oh, Oh, Oh dang. (laughs) Epiphany. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's good. I mean, yeah. yeah, I just, I just know, I mean, we need God to speak to us about every new season and it's good to, to turn to him for those things and, and, and look for, direction and even if he doesn't give strategic practical advice just god saying i love you or i'm with you or i planned this and i have good intentions well seriously anything along those lines is still just so reassuring for major season changes well and that's just who he is he just like i don't know ruth mentioned our worship leader at church mentioned one time that everyone kind of has their characteristics of God that are dear to them and that they really focus on, especially in worship. Sure. And she said for her, it's the holiness of God. And just her saying that made me realize that for me, it's the faithfulness of God. That is something that just flows out of me anytime in worship. And, 
Um, so yeah, reflecting on the faithfulness of God in prior seasons gives me so much like hope and joy and excitement Mm. for this season and future seasons and just like peace walking in whatever's coming because I know who my God is. Um, and yeah, you were talking about like just the practical, maybe he doesn't give you a step by step, but he just gives you the like general reassurances sometimes and that's enough. And it just reminds me of like, yeah, when we were dating and I was like, God, I don't know what I'm doing. Like, ah, he was like, yeah, you do. You're walking with me just like always. It just now has another human maybe. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. (laughs) (laughs) And like that made it fine. And it's the same thing with now this baby has been him saying like, all of life is changed, Shalene. Like, can't you trust me for good in this next season? Mm. Instead of, cause my, my brain is freaked out that everything's gonna change and it's gonna be so different. And like this season has been so good that like, surely the next season can't be that great. And just even um, in worship last Sunday, when we did the song like, as I bow before you, Lord, I will rise in confidence. I will see your goodness, Lord, in the land that I'm living in. Yeah. Like just, I will see your goodness, Lord, in the land that I'm living in. No matter where I've come, no matter where I've been, I will see your goodness, Lord, in the land that I'm living in. Right? That's how it goes. Elevation, I think. I don't know. I don't know lyrics. I just play the drums. Uh, drummer. <laughs> <Sorry>. Anyway. Um, <laughs> that but sounded just, right. No, that, yeah. But just good. that line of like, I will see your goodness, Lord, in the land that I'm living in. And just proclaiming that, mm-hmm. like in faith, mm-hmm. that because God, you are who you are, even if it doesn't look exactly what I think it could or should or will look like, um, I will see your goodness. And I'm trusting, I'm trusting that you are good. Yeah. Does that make sense? That yeah. like, I don't have to be afraid of this next season because my God is good. I'm reminded of that saying of, I don't know what tomorrow holds, but I know who holds tomorrow. Yeah. That's kind of, I think, another way of expressing the yeah. mentality that you're describing. Yeah. That- I don't, yeah. I also felt like it was profound when you said that you were scared that like, man, this past season has been so good. Like we're almost to two years of marriage and like, it's just been really great. And then like, man, we're having kids. Like it can't keep being good. Or it can't keep being better. And so having that fear, but then realizing like, oh, wait, no, like, no, it can be good Mm -hmm. or it could be better. Yeah. And maybe it it won't be, but like I can, I don't have to live as if it's guaranteed going to be stressful and terrible and just like, oh, having a kid is the hardest thing. It's like, no, I can actually look forward to there being hope and joy and peace. in. Yeah. I don't know. That, that just felt profound to me when you said that a moment ago. Thanks. Uh, Yeah. But good job. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I just, yeah. Well, and even, okay. So one believing that it can be as good as it has been. Sure. If not better. Okay. That's one thing. Or two, believing that regardless of what circumstances or how good or not good or whatever that looks like to us, like our God is good. And therefore, even if it's a hard or bad season, it is good. And looking back on seasons, I was just journaling about this earlier today. Um, looking back on seasons that have not been good necessarily. Not been easy. Yeah, or... not been easy. Not been like happy. Woo, this is amazing. I just feel so blessed every day. Um, looking back on those seasons, they are so good. Right. Um, and good 
in a different definition than we usually describe good. Yeah, good. Good usually by default for humans means I like this. Right. Or it feels good. But it's even better than that because it's good because it's literally like in those seasons are when I knew the Lord most intimately and I walked with him most intimately and I learned about him most intimately. Um, and I wouldn't trade that at all. So even if that's what we're entering into with parenthood, Hmm. okay. Yeah. But I don't know. I was also finishing reading Becoming Elizabeth Elliot, which is a biography on Elizabeth Elliot. And it was just talking about, you know, because her husband, Jim Elliot, along with 444 others, whoa, that was a big stutter, (laughs) um, were murdered. And then so everyone was like talking about, well, maybe this is the purpose of it. And like, why would God allow this? And da, 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 da. And so a big part of that biography. Imagine going to, is it Ecuador? Yeah. They went to, yeah, your missionary husband. Yeah. And they had only been married two years. Oh, geez. And then they he, had just had a baby. And then he gets killed. Yeah. In when they're abroad. They had, they had courted for five years and yeah. like pretty much only had letter correspondence. Mm-hmm. And then they finally got married and they had a baby and then he got murdered when the baby's like a few months old. Wow. Unbelievable. Yeah. Anyway. And in all of that. But OK, so the large takeaway from that book was she still doesn't have an answer for why that happened. People want to justify it by saying, well, maybe the Waodani uh, tribe. The tribe that they were yeah, evangelizing to. Maybe like, I mean, that was worth it, the lives. And she goes through saying like, well, I don't know. How can you do that? Like, how can you figure out the metrics of that? Because who's to say if they had lived, how many more would they have reached? How many more would they have trained? But then also they died. So then, yes, this tribe was reached. And then like how many missionaries were spurred onto the field because of their deaths. And, and there's like, movies about it. Now. Yeah. She's like, you the, the calculations are incalculable. Like you can't, you can't, you can't reason the hand of God yeah. and you can't know. And really like she's never found an answer and a, an explanation But she has found a peace in who God is. And that just really challenged me because so far in my life, everything that has been hard, there has been an end. Mm -hmm. I remember you talking about this in college. And there has been an explanation. There's very defined seasons of like, I have this semester and maybe it's hard, but like I have a very defined timeline for this chapter of life and I know what I'm dealing with and what I'm supposed to be learning. And yeah, like it's just very well laid out for you. It just really, really challenged me because I realized as I was reading that, that I was like, God, I, uh -uh, I really like my life. I don't want it. I don't want, mm -mm, I don't want it to be hard or uncertain. Yeah. Or just like, ultimately, it was realizing that I was saying, God, I don't want to trust you. Hmm. Yeah. And then that was convicting. And I, I realized like, whoa, God, like changed my heart because I do want to trust you regardless. Like if Daniel were to die or if our baby like were to not make it safely into hmm. this world or whatever. Right. Because like those are those fears of like, well, God wouldn't do that because he's good. No, that's not. That's not proper theology. That's, right. That's not biblical. No. no. And, and and what we're, we're not saying that God's actually bad. No. We're saying that, quote unquote, bad things do happen to God's people. Yes. And like, you're not promised prosperity and like, you're, easy it's life. just, yeah, no, no, you're no. not at all. And so, but realizing that beyond just the circumstances of those good things and having a happy life, 
how much better is it to walk with the Lord through whatever, whatever comes our way. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I guess that I mentioned that the main takeaway is that da 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 earlier, but really the thing that they hammer home is that obedience is like where it's at because Hmm. you think that when the Lord calls, like you will go to this destination and you will be there and you will be in his will. But Hmm. really what it is, is walking with him. Hmm. And so you're here at this destination until he says to move. Yeah. And then you obey again mm-hmm. and just, yeah. So I'm looking for how to obey in this season mm. and looking how, because it's a fearful thing. Like there are some relational things that you know about, but I won't talk about on the podcast um, that have been difficult that I have been waiting for the end. And I've been waiting for mm. the end of this hard season mm. yeah. and waiting for the goodness of God sure, um, to be evident in the circumstances. And it's a, it's a scary thing to trust God to the extent of like, you know, even if this never resolves. Yeah. The way that you want to see it. Resolved. Yeah. Yeah. Like my God is good and mm. he knows what he's doing. Yeah. I don't like that thought at face value. <laughs> you know what I mean? I like I don't want, think anyone does. Yeah. Right? Like, I want yeah. to trust the Lord at that level. And that's what I'm learning and growing and resolve to do. Yeah. Um, but it's just, it's another level because so far every time that I've like done that and been like, yeah, Lord, I'll trust you. Like it all works out. Hmm. So why would I not? Yeah. You know, but I haven't had a test in my life where it hasn't worked out and I've still decided to trust the Lord. Hmm. Yeah. If I'm being honest and that's a little scary, but again, yeah, I mean, it's, it's the book of Job. Yeah. You know, he didn't really get an answer. Right. Um, basically, right. the answer at the end of the book was, I'm God, you're not. So now what? And Job was like, Good point. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Good talk. Yeah. And like, God blessed him at the end of the story, but Job did not get a logical answer. For answer. What happened. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's and, a good... And you know what? God doesn't owe us an explanation. But, yeah. But that doesn't mean God's cruel. He is absolutely good and merciful because he gives us his presence. He gives us his Mm -hmm. Holy spirit. He gives us strength and grace to walk through any season. Um, and so, yeah, we have no reason to be distraught or fearful or worrying or anything like that. Yeah. But that's just some, thanks for letting me verbally process that. Cause I was going to just spend some things rolling around in my head today and over this pregnancy and today. (laughs) Glad you got to share them. That was really good. Yeah. Yeah. But Speaking of, it's good for us to communicate what we are uh, going through. Yes. That's kind of a joke because the plan that we had for this episode, what we want to talk about, we want to talk about communication in marriage. Yeah. This is something that Shalene and I love talk about. Metacommunication for the win. We love talking about how we talk to each other. That's metacommunication. (laughs) We are both a bit nerdy like that. Um, but I think so. I mean, just genuinely, though, something on the podcast, I think this is something that would be good to, I don't know, record and maybe share it with some people just for whatever value it can bring to them. Mm-hmm. And then, I don't know, it'd be also be cool for us to listen back to this at some point and be like, oh, what did we think about I'm marriage communication? I'm just so excited to just talk to you about this because I love talking to you about this. <laughs> We're just yeah. talking to you. Yeah. So, so, I mean, just to kind of give a bit of a background, th- I don't know if this is entirely the background that you have for this personally. That's but all right. I wanted to hear yours. I mean, it's worth saying that like you were a communication major in college. Correct. And so at some level you have like 
I don't know, technical training in communication. Yeah. And it's not to say that you were a terrible communicator before and then college is like the impetus of like what makes you such a passionate communicator right now. But I think college just capitalized or catalyzed something that was already in you. Yeah. And just nurtured it and fostered it. Yeah. And honestly, as I was like making notes in an outline for this episode, it gave me all the cliches. Oh, yeah. That are there. Yeah. Like, as I was making my notes, I was like, oh, that's such a cliche, but it's true. <laughs> like, just right. all these things. Yeah. Um, yeah. But looking back, I definitely don't know that I, I don't know how much I learned in college because communication is such kind of a duh thing. At least for me, it always has been. You always act like it is. Well, yeah. Which is fine. But... But then having just theoretical guidelines and just so much discussion about it, I'm sure I know did something. Um, And yeah, I don't know. I also wouldn't put it past you for you to learn it in college and then you to walk away. I totally forget that I learned that you learned it. Yeah. And now it's like, well, duh. But then, yes, that is also me. I just know you well (laughs) enough. That you forget how you were before you learned it. Yeah. And you're just like, duh. And then you forget that like yeah. it was a revelation to you at the time. I'm, but it that's no longer why is. I'm not a teacher. <laughs> because. It's obvious to you. Like, yeah, it's not good. Not good. And there's lots of people like that. But anyway, I just, yeah, I, d- I don't know if I don't personally have a very thought out structure to this conversation. Yeah. But I know you have some stuff that you really want to touch on, and I, I'm pretty confident I can jump in and share what I think about it. So sure. do you have stuff you want to lead off with? or? Yeah, I was going to, to... I kind of split things up into just your mindset going into a conversation. So yeah. if we could discuss that first. Yeah, totally. And then discuss maybe points of like when you're the one speaking. Okay. And then points of when you're the one listening. Okay. And then maybe special points for when there's conflict. Yeah. Because there great. are specific things that change. There are a lot of, this is a, my degree is in this people. So this could be a four long, con- four year long conversation, but <laughs> you know, we're going to touch points. So the first thing I wanted to bring up with your mindset going into a conversation, um, is something from my major and it's called the communication model. Okay. So I remember this was in like my very first interpersonal communication class. Yeah. Um, and it's just the realization that there are two or more communicators okay. in a conversation. Yeah. That is what defines a conversation. Right. And each of those people have their own context for everything. Yeah. And that's considered noise. Okay. So as a communicator, I am talking and I am encoding a message whether that be in my words, since we're verbally talking to one another, I'm encoding a message from my brain. I'm encoding a message and delivering it to you via a channel of my voice. We're using face to face. Something different could be the channel of email and you encode it via your typed so, words and emojis. And so you so have to consider that. Encode means I'm creating the message. Correct. Yeah. Somehow. So you okay. are encoding and creating a message, sending it via a channel to you, the receiver, who then decodes the message. Yeah. But then that is completely based upon 
my context, your context. And right. so those contexts are called noise. Mm-hmm. So it's just so helpful if as a communicator, you can consider and understand that there's always multiple parties. Mm-hmm. There's always multiple contexts. Yeah. And, um, and the way that you communicate your message, like some people will be like, well, I said what I said. They understood what they understood because that's on them. Like I said what I said. <laughs> no, actually, we talked about in my major how you as a communicator have a responsibility to consider your audience's context. Yeah. And to communicate in a way that will be clear to them. Hmm. Yeah. That's your responsibility as hmm. a communicator. Yeah. Um, so if I'm trying to communicate to you, I am partially, if maybe not entirely, but at least partially, more than zero. Right. I am more than zero percent responsible for your understanding of what I said. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Like there are active roles. Speaker and listener mm-hmm. are both active roles. Right. But yes, in the world we live in today, so much of it is, well, I said what I said. It's on them to figure it out. <laughs> Depends. Depends on the context. Yeah. yeah. I also, I, I don't know if you have this in your notes, but I, I'm reminded of the saying where it's like there's in a conversation, there's what you said, there's what they heard, and then there's like what you meant. Right. And so it's like there's three different things happening here. So I, what you said would be your message that you're encoding. Sure. What they heard would be your message that they're decoding through the noise of their context. Right. And then what they, wait, what you meant would be your intended message sans noise Hmm. like without any noise and without any channel yeah and if you could just be telepathic but that's not how we work yeah so i have a nice little diagram if there's a show note or something that we can show that it's very helpful for the theory oh sure i can put it in yeah i can put it in the notes it is really it's pretty straightforward and obvious but it's very very helpful if you can go into conversations recognizing that everyone has a personal context Mm -hmm. through which they are decoding Mm-hmm. your messages. Yeah. So I don't know. I'm just trying to think of examples. Um, I think maybe one example of this would be like, if I'm super duper tired and coming home from work mm-hmm. and I've just been teaching for however many hours and then like I have to grade tonight. And so like I've got all this stress and I'm thinking on these things and like, I'm really tired. And then I come home and normally what you want to do is two things at least is first say hi to me and just like, how was your day? And I love you. And I just love to see you. And I'm so happy, which I don't want to make sound trite or trivial right now, but that's what happens. And then you also want to be like, Oh, I need to like talk to you about this thing on the calendar. And like, uh, we're trying to get with these people does Friday work. Or, and if that doesn't work that we could do this time, like you go, there's a planner mode that you kind of get into because you're an administrator and you're an administrative person that can be very overwhelming to me. (laughs) And so the fact that you are saying the things to me of like, I said this, like we can get with these people on Friday at six or Saturday at five. And those are our options. What do you think? Like, just because you say those things to me doesn't necessarily mean I hear them and process it and like am able to respond. I don't know if that's a perfect example of what you're describing, but that can be an example of how my context is affecting, is at least affecting my ability to even participate in this conversation. Right. Well, and then as a communicator, it can, you can also look at me and say, all right, so Shalene, you need to consider that context 
and be patient and maybe find a better time for conversation. Which is something we've talked about as a married couple. And it's not that I don't want to uh, talk to you or listen to you, but it's like I need I just need time to transition. Right. Whereas if you maybe if you didn't consider my context, you could get mad. Right. That I'm not responding. I'm ignoring you. I come into the house and then I just storm off to the bedroom and start like unloading my backpack and like, wow, uh, he must like be really upset at me. Like there's Which there's so many different ways that you could take into, that. Actually. So another one, my second sub point here with your mindset going into a conversation is I think something that is so important is thinking the best of the other person. Yeah. Um, because like in that situation, you're displaying Instead of being like, oh my goodness, what's wrong with Daniel? Like, he must be really mad at me. Or like, what's his deal? And getting mad at you. Hmm. Like, thinking the best and instead, what is the best possible hmm. explanation? Yeah. Oh, he taught all day and has been really, like, on all day. Which for me is tiring just because I'm yeah. I'm not a complete introvert, but I lean toward introvert. Yeah. And so being in front of kids and, and doing my job is, is just tiring. Yeah. Just by nature of I just that. I just think that thinking the best of one another um, that's for sure a key principle in interpersonal relationships and especially in um, intimate relationships that's yeah. the word I was looking for yeah um, it's just really essential and I think that that's something that we established very early on like I think as a we, dating couple yeah, yeah. <laughs> like even as a dating couple where we had meta communication conversations sure. and we we're like hey no like we're going to make it our goal to think the best of the other. And mm-hmm. in every situation where we have a question or where there's fear or where we just don't know, what's the best possible scenario? And let's go with that until we know differently. Yeah. Um, and I think that's really huge. Yeah. And that's that's actually, I don't know if I can call it a pet peeve or a soapbox of mine, but like that's one of the biggest things for me in thinking about communication or just dealing with people, um, interacting with people. Uh, not dealing with them, but however you want to say it of like, if I can put it in teacher terms, like, okay, this person gave this response or they acted this way. Mm-hmm. There are A, B, C, D, multiple choice. Why are they acting this way? Yeah. You know, A, they're really tired and they, they want the best, but they're just, they're just tired or B, they're kind of annoyed at you and they're trying to show it to you or like, see, like mm-hmm. there's all these multiple choice options of like why they are saying or doing what they're doing as the person who is observing this. It is best for me to assume the best option yes. for them, assume the best of them mm-hmm. until I can ask them directly about it. Yes. And then if it ends up being the worst option where they're actually really mad and they're trying to get back at me or they're giving me the silent treatment, it's like, okay, well, now I actually know that for sure. Sure. As opposed to assuming that from the get-go and then reacting in that way before I've even had a chance to directly ask, like, hey, are you upset? Are you angry? Like, before I've actually been able to dig into that. And maybe this is my ever-optimism speaking in. Maybe. But... I think that even if it is like, oh, it was option D and they hate your guts and are trying to be a super big jerk and mm-hmm. da, 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 da. Like if you still assume the best of them and treat them accordingly, that's never going to bite you. Hmm. Yeah. And you know what I mean? Hmm. Yeah. And maybe so even if you know that it is D, but you still treat them better than better than that, then that situation. You can't lose. Yeah. 
that's like a good unless point. there's an actual issue that needs to be addressed and resolved and discussed like that's a different thing sure but just the way that you treat people it just changes your mindset toward them yeah yeah and i think this also ties into so like from a marriage or dating perspective i am like a big part of why i picked you is because <laughs> is because uh, there's something about your character and you as a person that I want to live my life with. Thanks. Sorry. So, no, <laughs> don't get distracted. So like, so like. You're just so cute. Too late. I'm sorry. All right. Let me finish. Let me finish. <laughs> so like, when so like when I'm getting to know you, I want to date and marry someone who is trustworthy. Hmm. I want to date and marry someone who is kind. I want to date and marry someone who is willing to be honest and vulnerable mm -hmm. and like be real with me mm -hmm. and like all of these good things. Mm -hmm. And so then when there comes a situation where it seems like you're being mean or it seems like you're being rude or snippy or whatever, if I react automatically as if this is, you're acting the worst way possible or you have the worst possible intentions mm -hmm. behind that then I have to go back and be like, wait, do I really believe that Shalene is this great person that I thought I was dating and marrying? Mm -hmm. Why would I act as if she's not that person when I don't have all the information? And mm -hmm. so, I don't know. I feel like for some reason, Ruth mentioned that. Oh, she got two shout outs in this episode. But Yo, I, I, always send it to her. I always attribute <laughs> that mindset to her and I don't maybe she didn't actually say it but maybe she gets bonus credit for that <laughs> um of being like well okay if you're upset at them because they texted this way or whatever and you're acting like like there's a fundamental issue with them that says something deeper about what kind of person they are right and it kind of puts you in in check so to speak because then it's like oh wait if I then step step out of that and go, well, no, they are a great person. I do want to be with them. Then it's like, okay. So where's so the why, incongruency? Yeah. So where's the believing the best part of this yeah. that is not coming into play. And so that's, that's just something that also, uh, is in the back of my mind as well yeah. of being like, okay, well, I know what type of person Shalene is because I've been her friend. I've dated her and we're married now. And I like, I live every day with her. And so like, I know that. And like, I made the decision to propose and like want to get married to you because of those great things. So all of that should not just go out the window the moment that one thing happens. Well, and the beauty of that is also just grace because sometimes the truth is that actually in a moment I am being a jerk and it is the worst case scenario. You know what I mean? It is possible. But then, <laughs> but then again, that's where, if you're thinking the best of one another, you're able to more readily extend grace. That is such a blessing and such a healing balm. Mm -hmm. And you have no idea, like even just during this pregnancy with hormones and emotions and I don't even, I don't even know. Sometimes I'm just a jerk straight up without a pregnancy. Like <laughs> that the way that you respond to me when I say things that I really don't want to say the way that you have responded with such gentleness and with such grace and with such forgiveness mm -hmm. is also just this beautiful thing mm. in relationships that, man, like, ah, it's just really good. Yeah. And, and I have felt that you've done that for me in different, in different ways as well. And it like, 
wow, it's so much better than you not being nice or yeah. gracious with me. Well, and I took an intimate relationships class and I can't remember. It talks about John Gottman's um, Four Horses of the Apocalypse. He's a relational communications specialist mm -hmm. um, and just therapist in general. I can't remember them uh, word for word, but I know that this whole idea of like thinking the best of one another came up with him Okay. because I think it's like disdain is the biggest like, uh-oh. Relationship killer. Yeah. Hmm. And so when you are in a relationship and your immediate go-to is the worst mm -hmm. and like that disdain, mm -hmm. like, uh-oh. Right. Because that's undermining it's, the entire relationship. It's, and it, and yeah. that, and maybe you have disdain for one thing that happened, but that sentiment is going to creep into and leak into all the other aspects of the relationship. And so, yeah, yeah that makes sense um, how you would say that. You can talk. I'm going to look that up because it's going to really bother me as a communication major to misquote. <laughs> yeah. Ah, contempt. Oh, contempt. Contempt. I knew it wasn't disdain. Yeah, the four horsemen are criticism, contempt, defensiveness, and come on, Google. Defensive. Stonewalling. Stonewalling. Hmm. What does yeah. that mean? Um, interestingly, we didn't really discuss that. Um, but I think that's where you just, it's kind of like defensiveness, but defensiveness is like fighting back where stonewalling is like you just build a wall and you just, you just don't shut, talk. Shut mm -hmm. down. You shut and, down. Yeah. Yeah. So, but contempt goes along with that disdain. Anyway, that's a side note. Yeah. I just had to say the correct thing because mm -hmm. that's importante. Yeah. And like, and so maybe if, so if you're at a point where it's like, okay, so I want to be a better communicator. And, and one way I can do that is by believing the best of the other person that can be a really great thing to think about. And then if there's uncertainty in a moment about how they acted or how they said something, I'm going to believe the best, but then also I'm going to follow back around and check in with them right. to make sure we're on the same page mm -hmm. because we're not saying believe the best and just be naive and gullible and don't right. actually get to a point where you're able to communicate or understand where they're coming from. Right. And so it's believe the best in the meantime until you can then have a more direct conversation about whatever. And maybe that's yes. five minutes later. Maybe that's two seconds later when it's like, wait, you just wait, you just said that. Can we like, what do you mean by that? Mm -hmm. Or maybe it's the next day. You know, maybe you have to pause and come back around. But whenever, however long in the meantime is. Right the intention is to come back around and actually understand what was encoded, quote unquote, like what they actually meant or where, right. or why they were acting that way. Well, and you're touching on again, you're, too, you're just flowing through my notes here. There we go. Um, because my next thing you mentioned, like getting on the same page and being able to reach a point of communication where you're on the same page. Yeah. Um, the next thing I have written down is just remembering that you're on the same team. Yeah. And getting on the same page. So that doesn't have to be a whole thing we talk about for a long time. It goes along with thinking the best of the other. But if you can just remember that you're on the same team mm -hmm. with your partner. Yeah. And therefore, like, you're not going to throw your teammate in the mud. You shouldn't. Yeah. Yeah. You're kind of dumb if you do. Right. And and know you're doing it and then stand by doing it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So. Well, I don't know. Actually, I saw that in your notes. And like, that's actually a big. I feel like that's a huge thing. 
Well, it's talked about a lot on memes. That's for sure. Is it like relational memes of like? Wow, your Facebook is so different than mine. <laughs> <laughs> relational memes. Look at I you. Just, I mean, that's so funny. It's a thing. No, I believe it. I mean, there no, there is a niche for everything. There's they're the they're not the the funny memes. They're like the this is the good stuff memes. Oh, where they're like this is like a really important thing that I'm communicating. Yeah, is it oh, still okay. called a meme? Uh, fair. Yeah, maybe I, not. I'll give it to you. Anyway, it's a graphic. You said words. meme, but that meant something to me I, different. And than, now we are clarifying. Wow, look at us. We're so wow. good. Anyway, so with that, it's very popular. I feel like in relational advice to say that where you need to have like it's the two of you against the issue, not hmm. one against the no. other. Well, okay, so maybe maybe people who are listening to this are like, yeah, I hear that all the time. But like, I've heard that one time. Oh, really? And okay, well then get it out there, proliferate. Yeah, so anyone who... <laughs> it's, it's good, and good like, stuff. I don't, like, I never heard it articulated that way. And huh. actually, our friend Carly was the first one I heard say it because we were mentors at Upward Bound um, in the summer, like doing a summer camp thing. And it was late at night and all of the workers, the counselors were just up talking and we were talking about relationships. Yeah. And that's one thing... Carly mentioned in that conversation, she's like, one thing that is super important for me and my boyfriend at the time they're married now for me and my boyfriend is like, we always go into conflict where it is me and him versus the conflict as opposed to me versus him. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if I've necessarily had a problem with that. I just had never heard it articulated that way. And I was like, wow, that is such a, I don't know, profound, true, helpful thing to say Yes, because it can be so easy in our default human nature to want to defend ourselves versus this other person who seems to be opposing me. Right. And so now I'm going to fight against them and inadvertently or unintentionally um, cause issues relationally and not actually resolve the issue as effectively as we could otherwise. Well, and even this comes into play, even when it is a behavioral thing where you could argue that no, actually it is the person they're driving me insane. Um, At which point you then need to take a step back and be like, okay, you, you now have a deeper problem than communication. Maybe. I think unless, unless you're meaning something different than what I'm thinking. And like maybe, but there's a way to communicate about it. So, like, if you do something that's really annoying me and Mm -hmm. my immediate reaction is frustration, um, this happens more with pregnancy hormones, like, I can view it as like, oh, my goodness, Daniel is driving me crazy right now. And that will then affect how I speak to you. Yeah. As opposed to seeing it, whatever the behavior is, as a separate thing from you. Oh, okay. Does that make sense? Like even in that way, making it kind of slightly separate so that it just changes because then I still consider you as I address that thing. So there's Daniel, the person versus the thing Daniel is doing. Right. And those are very closely related and you got to be careful, but it's helpful in, in helping me treat you well when I separate the behavior that's annoying me in that moment from you, the human that I love I have, because it helps me communicate more respectfully and my tone is different and I approach it differently. So even there, I think it's applicable. I'm imagining it's probably most applicable in how you would talk to me. Yes. Instead of being like, Daniel, you're super annoying. It's like, no, Daniel, when you do this thing, 
I, it's kind of like the I, me statement. When you do this thing, I feel really annoyed or it really annoys me. Right. And that Which we'll touch on later as well. And I yeah. think, I think you, if you were to word it that way, you are setting me up mm-hmm. to not be defensive. Right. Because instead of you taking a shot at me, you're taking a shot at something that is obviously very related to me. If it's something I'm doing or saying, sure. but it's not me as directly. a person directly. Yeah. yeah. It so, just gives hmm. more space for grace again. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. I yeah. was going to say something else. Oh, a similar thing along the lines of us being on the same team. Another thing that is just like, really, I don't know this. I feel like this got ingrained in me in eighth grade when like I went, I mean, I was, I was the classic, like annoying middle school kid who okay. like, when I liked a girl, I didn't know how to be friends with them. So I would just pick on them and be really annoying and like borderline mean to them. Mm. And I would just like did that to no end, which is like classic mm-hmm. because like, I don't know how to be a reasonable person for X, Y, Z reasons, you know, just being an eighth grade 14 year old. Um, boy. But, but there was, yeah, boy. Um, but there was a time when like we had a, a chapel service in school and Mr. Bost kind of as an exhortation at the end yeah. was like talking about how like we are supposed to treat each other with love and we are supposed to treat each other as brothers and sisters in a way that is kind and caring, mm-hmm. obviously appropriate for classmates and stuff. But his point being like, we do not pick on each other. Right. We, we are not mean to each other. That is not how we're supposed to be. And he was and he wasn't saying it in a reprimand, reprimanding sort of way, but he was just like encouraging of like, guys, like this is how we're supposed to live life. And that day that just like hit me so hard, mm. really hard. And I like stayed late. Um, and like I didn't go to class. I stayed in my seat and just like was processing like, oh, my gosh, I am so mean to my classmates. And all I do is pick on them. And all I do is as I'm annoying and I am not being a good friend or a good brother, quote unquote, to people in my class. Yeah. And and he and actually Andrew Ficus came and like prayed with me and encouraged me like some passages I could read in the Bible about that. And I ended up writing some apology letters to some of my friends of mm-hmm. being like, hey, I've been really mean and I'm really sorry and I want to do better, hmm. basically. And ever since that time... There's just like a visceral thing in me where it's like, I do not want to just poke people mm. and annoy them or put them down. Right. Even in a joking way. And I know there's lots of people where it's like the way we show love is by picking on each other and this and that. And I, I think there is some validity to that. I think there's also a lot of people who just don't know how to be nice. And that's their excuses like, oh, we love each other. So we're mean. It's like. I think at some level that's fake and you're you're not really clear on that. But I, I do understand there's a level yeah. where you can joke with people. Sure. But for me, it's like, ah, I I'm just really sensitive to that. Yeah. And and you've probably noticed that you about are very sensitive I, to that. I can't go there because yeah. I just take that way too seriously. And so where I'm going with this is like I do not want to put you down mm. as my wife or as my friend, mm-hmm. even as a joke. Right. So even like at it, so we're talking about like it's you and me versus the issue, Mm -hmm. even in a casual setting Mm -hmm. where like, let's say we're like, I like say some fun fact at a game night and you're like, no, that's not how that goes. Like, it's this, like, this is the fact. And I'm like, no, I'm pretty sure it's this way. And then it's like, well, let's Google. Like, that's a classic thing of like, let's Google and see who's right. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) 
yeah. you will be very competitive in that in that way. And yeah. I know you mean well, but like there's something in me where like let's say we Google it and I'm right, in front of all our friends, I cannot go, ha, I told you you were wrong. Me, 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 me. Like even in a joking way. <laughs> Even in a joking way, yeah. like I can't do that. Like I yeah. cannot bring myself to put you down at all, let alone in front of other people. Yeah. And I know like if if someone does that and, you know, and you do that with a friend or, or your wife or whatever, like that can be fine. Like if you like to kid with each other. But, yeah. but I also think it's worth considering mm. that maybe those types of things are not always okay. Yeah. Maybe it's okay to be like, hey, I was right. Cool. Like, good conversation, you know, and just be. And move past even it. Even about it. Yeah. Instead of having to act like a kid. It's like, yeah, I proved you wrong. And, yeah, 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 you know, that kind of thing. Uh-huh. Um, I don't know. You're smirking really hard right now. I am. Because, because people listen. This is the wonderful man that I have to work with. It is great material. <laughs> whereas, whereas I'm definitely the one who would be like, ha, 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 And so, uh, yeah, so we uh, both have areas to grow. This is highlighting one of mine. Well, which, again, going back to what we talked about earlier, I believe the best. Yes. And thank you. I have, I have example after example after example after example of where you will do that. And you didn't mean it maliciously and it was funny and then we moved on and it was great. And then I have example, well, maybe not so many examples where it was bad because you didn't do it very bad very often. But like, I know you well enough that even if you were mean, you will always, always come back around on your own and be like, oh, Daniel, I'm really sorry. I did. I felt like that was mean and I didn't mean that to be mean. Like, are we okay? Can you forgive me? Like, mm. you will come back around on your own. I try to. You do. It comes up later that forgiveness and saying I'm sorry yeah. are very important. Yeah. And so, like, yeah. so I can believe the best because I have experience where you have that same value with me. Mm. Like, you like to kid and you're competitive and that's fine. But you never want to hurt me. Yeah, no. And so I, sh- I have zero reason to believe in any moment that that's your intention. And if it was an accident, like, okay, I can work with accidents and, and, and that type of thing. So I don't know. I just feel like there's multiple layers to the being on the same team. Yeah. Like even how we kid with each other, Mm -hmm. I feel like we need to be mindful of, Mm -hmm. or I need to be mindful of because, you know, we could be arguing about how to discipline the kids or what we do with the budget, like these big things that we, you know, like marriage communication, but like, even how we go to game nights together. Honestly, that's one of our largest places of conflict. <laughs> it, it kind of is. Actually, that's a whole thing we could talk about yeah. of like how we approach oh, board games. Lord. And it took us a while to kind of figure that out. Wait, I don't think we have yet, love. <laughs> We've well, just quit playing games. Well. <laughs> I mean, that's one way to figure it out. That's I suppose. Also, uh, yeah, let's just give up. <laughs> no. That is. Yeah, that is one way to. It's just been a different season. Not but, as many games. Yeah. But anyway, that's just another angle to that principle that yeah. that comes to mind. Yeah. Um, and then let me flip it and then I can let you move on if you want. Okay. But I like, just have two more sub points with this. So I don't know where okay. you wanted to go. The but. other thing is like, let's say you were right mm-hmm. and I'm wrong. I take pride mm. in my ability to say I was wrong mm. out loud in front of other people. Mm. Like You're I, a good man. I, well, oh, thanks. I, 
I I don't want to be the person that can't admit you're wrong. Be wrong in other in, in front of you and in front of other people. That's a huge thing too. Hmm. Just in I mean that's a, that's a character thing. So it's not just communication, but that's huge. Thanks. Being and well and oh, I forgot to put it on my list, but that was something I was going to put along with like you're on the same team da 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 is that you something that we established very early on is we both valued the truth. Yes. That's a whole, yes, that's a whole other rant. Yes. We could go on, but it goes with that. And what you're saying of like, no, I'm willing to admit when I'm wrong Mm -hmm. because we value the truth Mm -hmm. as opposed to being right. Yeah. Uh, Yes. That's like another huge point. Like, I don't know, in my mind, there's only like three things that I think about with good communication. And that's one of them of like the truth is always preeminent over who's right. Mm-hmm. And and I don't know, I get like animated about it because like I believe this just very strongly of like, yes, whoever's right, if I'm right and Shaleen's wrong, I don't rub it in her face because it was never about me being right in the first place. It was about getting to the truth. And if Shaleen's right and I'm wrong, then I will, before anyone can even say anything, I'll go, you were right, I was wrong, to like, I'm highlighting the truth. Mm-hmm. Shalene has the truth, she said the right thing, and I'm gonna spotlight that because I care about the truth more than trying to protect myself or, or looking like I'm right. And it's really cool, as someone who has benefited from being in a relationship with you and learning from you, I've gotten to learn that from you, mm-hmm. where my response has become faster to admit when I'm wrong and oh. to become faster to acknowledge that's the truth. What you said is true. I apologize. Hmm. I was wrong. Yeah. And it can be with big things or little things. Again, yeah. it, it can be like the game night and it's like, how tall is Mount Everest? And it's like, I think it's 20,000. I think it's 30,000. And then I like, no clue. So oh, I think it's like 29, 28. That's right. We'll Google it. No, Not right now. <laughs> but like <laughs> even with trivial things, sure. how we communicate. And then also, this is another thing we talk about mm-hmm. how we are portraying our relationship to other people. Yes. So then there's like another layer of how you and I communicate about our relationship to, to others. others that honors one another or dishonors one another. That's a whole other thing yep. too. Yeah. Um, that we both so value. So, I know. And that's part of the fun where we get to nerd out. It about is it. so fun. No, literally guys, just for, just for context for this conversation. <laughs> so I, this is my first day getting to be off work. Um, and so Daniel's heading off to work this morning and I was still in bed and he says to me, Hey, do you think you could have some time to outline your thoughts for a communication episode? And I was like, yeah, like today or, and he's like, yeah, just, you know, sometime today, Me being tomorrow, such a, whenever, such a pinpoint planner. So precise. I'm like, yeah, I'm being sarcastic. Like, I'm just like, make an outline whenever you want. However you want, just right. do it. <laughs> and then I proceed to lay in bed and type out this whole outline. And I thought I was like, I was like, oh no, I don't know. What are we going to talk about? And then I just started thinking about things that I value in our communication. And then it just flowed for four us. hours of conversation worth of material later. <laughs> we have our list. Nice. <laughs> but anyway, cool. so yes, there are many, 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 many layers to this. Yeah. Um, cool. Let's pick another good one. And then, uh, Okay. We'll probably we're we're at about an hour, so we'll uh, okay find another good one, and then if we want to do another episode on this, we could totally yes, do that. Yes, I have. So if we can just quickly, I want to say just one, just to say it, and then I think the good one to finish. Okay. 
Okay, so one to say it is in communication, there's a term called gunny sacking. So there's the rule, no gunny sacking. Mm-hmm. And gunny sacking, by definition, is a metaphor used in conflict resolution, which involves the act of storing up grievances acquired in the course of a relationship rather than resolving them when they first occur. Mm. Um, so it's like you're keeping a bag and you just keep dumping stuff in the bag instead of actually discussing it. Mm. And I think having the rule, I don't know that we've ever really discussed this in these terms. No, I don't think so. Um, but it's something I think about a lot just because of my calm classes. Mm-hmm. And I think that we have talked about just like staying clear with each other, but it's so important cause it's like the straw that breaks the camel's back. If you're gunny sacking, you're just storing these things up. You're like, it's fine. Like yeah. whatever. Or da, 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 the da, biblical da. version is keeping a record of wrongs. Right. Exactly. If you're doing that and then like that last thing happens and you explode, there's so much backstory that it's like unfair to your partner. Hmm. It's just so unfair. Yeah. Because how in that one moment are they supposed to make up for all of those previous things that they didn't even know were a thing? Or maybe they did, but like you've never talked about them. Hmm. So just having that idea of like no gunny sacking. And it's even a small thing of like when there are small things, but they bother you, address them. Hmm. Don't let them just go. Yeah. Unless you can honestly just let them go. Hmm. And you know, at least I know, when I'm like, oh, it's not a big deal, but actually I'm going to hold it in my sack and use it to manipulate later. Hmm. No. You got to catch yourself. Yeah. It's not fair. It's not loving. Yeah. It's not loving. Yeah. And so I guess the healthier, the healthy way to deal with that is to address the little things as they come up. Yes. And so it should be normal in the relationship to have small minor correction type of conversations. Yeah. Or little check-ins. Yes. Well, another huge thing that John Gottman talks about is that conflict is very normal and Mm. is very healthy Mm. in a relationship. Interesting. It's very healthy. It doesn't have to be blown up or crazy or huge, but like conflict is healthy because you need to realize that you are different from another person and you got to figure out how to make it work. Mm-hmm. So there needs to be that rub because it means that you're actually rubbing. It means you're talking about it. It means that you are coming to agreement on these things. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I think also, so little things with gunny sacking, but also large things, it ties into forgiveness that if you're really forgiving someone, it doesn't go in the bag. Hmm. It gets thrown away. Yeah. It's done. Yeah. It's not going to come back out the next time you're mad. Yeah. That's not fair. Yeah. that's And that's a good point, too, of like, if you've actually forgiven, you are not allowed to bring it up. It's done. As ammo for future disagreements. And even if you haven't forgiven, it's really not fair for you to bring it up again. Hmm. Like, that's yeah. still, like, if there's a... If there's an etiquette of communication, <laughs> etiquette. It's one of them. You don't. You can't. You can't do that for healthy communication to happen. You can't. Mm-hmm. You can't store it up for yeah. later to spring. And it's I'll, not fair. I'll give you props for this. I think you are way better at coming around and initiating conversation about the small things than I am. Mm. Um, our friend Larissa talks about like two types of people where you're an asker or a guesser. Yeah. And so an asker is the type of person who's just very direct and is like, is this what you meant? Like, can I do this? Or they just verbally communicate what they mean. Or if there's an 
an ambiguity somewhere, they just ask about it. Yeah. Whereas a guesser doesn't go to that trouble. They just go, well, they could have meant this. They could have meant this. And like, I'm not going to ask. I don't want to bother. I don't want to uh, upset, you know, whatever the phrase is, the fruit basket. Yeah. Mix up the fruit basket or whatever. Like, I'm just going to I'm just going to let it go. Awkward. I'm going to let it go. I'm going to let it go. I'm more of a guesser and you're more of an asker. Mm -hmm. So over our relationship, you have done way more of the initiating in terms of checking in of being like, hey, like, Daniel, can we talk about this? Like, it's not a huge deal. And, you know, I could feel guilty that I'm not initiating because like, well, I'm supposed to be the man in the house and I'm supposed to be a leader. It's like, okay, yes, maybe I can't completely fix that because I think that's just one of your strengths and I don't think that's a bad thing. But my responsibility is to go with that conversation and invite that conversation and admit when I'm wrong, don't rub it in your face if I'm right, value the truth and value our relationship over uh, anything else. Yeah, well, and I think there are just different personalities because you also just let things go in general. Like you, you don't have to talk about it to let it go. You just let it go. Sure. Whereas I know that I need to come back around to mm-hmm. it and address it with you because otherwise I know myself well enough that I will gunny sack. Mm. It will come out later against mm. you and that's not fair and I don't want to do that. Mm. Yeah. So I can't then put it on you to initiate that when that's not something that you're going to do in the first place. Like, you yeah. know what I mean? Like sure. that's my responsibility yeah. in loving you mm-hmm. to be like, uh-uh, I'm not going to put a place for the enemy to get in here and for manipulation to get in here. No. Yeah. I am immensely thankful and grateful that you have that value and that you do that because at some level, there's not much I can do to control that in you. Like that's a decision you have to make. Mm. And you, if I can say it kind of in an ominous way, that's a power you hold over me. Like you have the choice of how you're going to treat me and whether or not you're going to do that. And I'm just immensely thankful that you choose to love me in that way because like, I can't, I can't make that decision for you. Mm. We can, and you know, and you can't make that decision for me. Like we can only do that ourselves. Yeah. And so, yeah, that's amazing. Cool. Are we good to do one final thing? Yeah, go for it. Okay. So the last thing that I wrote on here, which is more personal, um, it's definitely wasn't in any of my comm classes, but that has been just so helpful when approaching a conversation with you Mm -hmm. is to first talk it out with the Lord or other trusted mentors Hmm. to clarify what the problem even is. (laughs) So this is a me specific (laughs) thing. Oh man, I can just, because um, I'm such a verbal processor and this has changed a lot since we've been married. It looks very different just because we live life at a whole different level. And we are each other's confidants in a very real way. Whereas prior that when you're dating, the person you're dating is someone that you are intimate with but there emotionally needs to be healthy boundaries still and we both believe in mentors very strongly yeah and so even when you're dating someone they are not your core go-to person for every single thing right. in your life yet however, that's what happens in marriage however since marriage and again i don't know if this is just more of a me thing or more of a woman thing or maybe or maybe it's something you need to do too i don't know yeah. um is regardless of how close we are, there are still many times when I feel so strongly about something or just so emotional or I don't even know 
where I recognize, uh uh-uh, if I go to Daniel right now about this, this is not going to be good. Mm. Like, I need to go sit with Jesus first and remember what he says about it and ask him what he thinks about it Mm. in this specific context so that I know how to approach Daniel with it. Mm. So what would be the worst case scenario? If you don't do that, what would happen? Well, usually what happens is that it's overly emotional when <laughs> okay. I'm talking to you about it. Okay. I don't present it well. It's way more blown up than it actually is hmm. because that's the huge thing is when I go sit with Jesus and just like talk to him about it, he helps me see clearly. Hmm. And so it's much less emotional and it, then it's received way better by you. Yeah which you're very, very, very good at receiving all of my emotions. <laughs> it's part of the fun. <laughs> but it's more productive if I don't blast you with all of them all the time. Sure. Um, and it, yeah. Okay. You had asked like what worst case scenario would be. Yeah, I that's, I'm just. It's that. It's just, not received well. It literally makes the, it starts the conversation off on a bad foot so that it just spirals downward from there. Hmm. Um, and I, I can't think of specific conversations right now that we've had, but I know that there have been times where as soon as I open my mouth, I go, oh, darn, I didn't vet this first. I didn't, I didn't vet this first. <laughs> like, that's funny. you know, like that's and I don't know if that's something that you encounter nearly as much, but it's definitely been a thing for me where I have to go. Yeah, to godly counsel for sure is super helpful. And like ultimately to the Lord to be like, wait a second, God, like, is this even a problem? Hmm. Okay. What problem is here? Okay. How do I address it? Mm-hmm. How do I, how do I speak it in a way that is loving to Daniel, but that like actually communicates what's up? Like, how do I say it in a way that he'll respond to me instead of shutting down? Yeah. Or, yeah. And you know, come from my side, I always want to receive whatever you bring and however you bring it in the best possible way. Mm. But yes, I can kind of chuckle and think back to times. I don't know. And Are you going to reference the... No, I don't. Have oh, okay. okay. I'm just like, I can't think of necessarily times when you've been mean or harmful mm. with things that weren't quote unquote vetted. You're just way more frazzled and panicky. Yes. I just I'm just thinking back to times when you're like, ah, Daniel, like there's this thing and it's a really big problem and this and that and right. I don't know and da, 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 and it's like you're yes. freaking out and yes. I'm like, okay, so and then let's I'm work asking this. you to be my peace, right? You're, and that's not you're your like, job, Daniel. What what do I do and what's the answer and like we need to talk about this? Yeah. And I didn't necessarily view that as a huge problem. I'm like, well, she. <laughs> She's a woman. She's got emotions. Like I could work with this. Like, thank you. That's I guess that's me believing the best. But like, thank you. Okay, and then it just cracks me up because then you kind of come around like weeks later and you're like, Daniel, I've learned that like if I go talk to these ladies who are like mentors to me, it's so much better and I can come and be peaceful and more like coherent and put together <laughs> when I communicate. And I'm like, oh, cool. I didn't think it was terrible in the first place, but like, great. So okay. Well, just... maybe this is not as large of a a tip as I thought, but I think. It's a good one of like it is go I mean, talk to the Lord first and it just makes things more peaceful. Yeah, and yeah, and, and and I mean another way to say it maybe is just like communicating out of a place of stability as opposed yes. to just franticness. And again, there are times when we will come to each oh, other yeah. and like we're a mess, maybe you know, you're really upset or I'm really upset and like it's not going to be put together and it's not going to be like maybe I don't know what I'm feeling yet and right. I don't know what I'm trying to say but I right. need to try to get something out. Like yeah. That's real too. Absolutely. But 
I, I think you're also getting at like who is who is going to bring peace and stability? Is Daniel the is Daniel yes. my is Daniel my lifeline? Right. And my like anchor or yes. is God my anchor? So yeah, this is taking that's, that's it kind of to the, the another deeper, different level again yeah. where it's it is encouraging. This goes beyond communication. This goes to like not idolizing hmm. your partner in right. a relationship and looking to them to fix things all the time. Like there are things in communication that can be fixed and should be fixed. Um, but there's a foundational level where you have to find peace in the Lord first mm-hmm. because you can't keep going to another human to fix things for you. It's right. just not, yeah. you just, it's not. Yeah. And and again, you're, yeah. al- you're also not saying you have to go have a personal prayer meeting with God before you no. ever talk to me about anything. No, it's not that, but it's like, although I had many more of them, while we were dating sure. than now being married because we, we, went, through, we, built, we, we built, went through some hard stuff. Well, but also we've built a relationship that now there's a history and there's a foundation mm-hmm. that we yeah. build on top of. Yeah. Anyway, but ahead. it's, it's, yeah, it's just, I guess I'm just trying to find a bunch of different ways to word it of like, yeah, that's the teacher, I guess. But like, I appreciate it. It's not that you have to go have a personal devotional time before you can come talk to me about something. You're not right. saying that, but it's just talking about like, are you coming to me as the one who is going to fix it and bring you emotional stability? Or do you get that in God and then right. you're coming to me to figure out, okay, how do we work through this thing? Mm-hmm. And regardless of how that plays out, my peace and foundation is in God first and I'm I'm coming to you from that foundation as opposed to looking for you Daniel to be the answer to all of this yeah I know it's I don't know the best way to word it but that's well, kind of a nuance I guess, yeah and I, I I think I added this to the list because for me it was a very very large chunk of our dating relationship hmm. was me figuring this out hmm. Um, and I think it's because of my personality I am very much a verbal processor hmm. I am a very much like being together with you person Hmm. and I'm very much very communicative. And so my go-to is there's a problem. I need to talk to Daniel right now. Hmm. And so learning, no, 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 no patience. One, (laughs) two, um, spending the time with the Lord. It's kind of all wrapped up with patience, like taking a step back, taking a minute, talking with the Lord, going to him first Mm -hmm is a whole nother, it's not even a communication, but a whole nother level. Um, that I don't know. I just feel like I would imagine I am not the only one that would benefit from that. Oh yeah. No. Um, so yeah, so that's, so that's that. So I can recap. We have (laughs) to wrap it up. Yes. So we talked about our mindset going into conversations. So we talked about the communication model with, your different communicators and how there's a channel and method of communication and noise of the context. And then we talked about how important parts are thinking the best of each other, remembering that you're on the same team, um, recognizing that the truth is more important than being right. Um, then we touched on no gunny sacking. And then this last one has been talking it out with the Lord slash other trusted mentors first before trying to tackle yep. admitting when you're wrong too oh yes yes i forgot that one how did i forget that one well i went along with the truth is more important than being right the right. truth is most important yeah so cool. yeah i think that wraps. this is great 
Yeah, I'm loving this. I enjoyed this. Thanks for putting together those notes. Yeah. And uh, thanks for being awesome. Thanks for giving me a life that makes these notes just like flow. You got it. Yeah. I appreciate it. Actually, thank you, God. But thank you, Daniel, for doing this life <laughs> with me. That There's layers to all of oh, it. Oh, yes. Cool. Well, yeah. thanks, everyone, for listening. Uh, hope you guys enjoyed it. Uh, let us know what was helpful, what was not helpful, or yeah, maybe you've got some advice too. Yeah. Like email us, um, the emails in the show notes, um, or message me on social media and we'd love to talk to you guys about this. So yeah. maybe, maybe there's more conversation that needs to be had. So, and let us know. Tune in again. Yeah, I'm asking for in. clarity because we're going to talk about more specifically listening, speaking, and then. Oh, do you have like a whole other thing? I literally have three more main points, babe. Oh, We'll do another episode. So, yeah. Cool. Okay. I didn't realize you had that much more. Yeah. Okay, cool. Thanks for communicating. You're uh-huh. welcome. This is good. <laughs> cool. Well, I will close it right here. Thanks, Shalene. Yeah. Thanks for Thanks tuning so. in, everybody. Bye. Bye. Thanks for communicating.